This is IVP. Listening to Get in the Word with Truth Table. Presented by Innervar City Press. The Daily Audio Bible Podcast, read by Dr. Christina Edmondson and Akemeni Uwan. Let's get in the Word, and may the Word get in us. Open our eyes that we may behold wonderful things in your Word. The Old Testament Reading Job, Chapter 20 through Chapter 21 Zophar's Second Speech Then Zophar, the Namathite, answered, This is why my troubled thoughts bring me back, because of my feelings within me. When I hear a reproof that dishonors me, Then my understanding prompts me to answer. Surely you know that it has been from old ever since humankind was placed on the earth that the elation of the wicked is brief. The joy of the godless lasts but a moment. Even though his stature reaches to the heavens and his head touches the clouds, he will perish forever. Like his own excrement, those who used to see him will say, Where is he? Like a dream he flies away and never again to be found, and like a vision of the night, he is put to flight. People who had seen him will not see him again, and the place where he was will recognize him no longer. His sons must recompense the poor. His own hands must return his wealth. His bones were full of his youthful vigor, but that vigor will lie down with him in the dust. If evil is sweet in his mouth, and he hides it under his tongue, if he retains it for himself and does not let it go, and holds it fast in his mouth, his food is turned sour in his stomach. It becomes the venom of serpents within him. The wealth that he consumed, he vomits up. God will make him throw it out of his stomach. He sucks the poison of serpents. The fangs of a viper kill him. He will not look on the streams, the rivers that are the torrents of honey and butter. He gives back the ill-gotten gain without assimilating it. He will not enjoy the wealth from his commerce, for he has oppressed the poor and abandoned them. He has seized a house which he did not build, for he knows no satisfaction in his appetite. He does not let anything he desires escape. Nothing is left for him to devour. That is why his prosperity does not last. In the fullness of his sufficiency, distress overtakes him. The full force of misery will come upon him. While he is filling his belly, God sends his burning anger against him and rains down his blows upon him. 
If he flees from an iron weapon, then an arrow from a bronze bow pierces him. When he pulls it out and it comes out of his back, the gleaming point out of his liver, terrors come over him. Total darkness waits to receive his treasures. A fire that has not been kindled will consume him and devour what is left in his tent. The heavens reveal his iniquity. The earth rises up against him. A flood will carry off his house, rushing waters on the day of God's wrath. So is the lot God allots the wicked, and the heritage of his appointment from God. Job's reply to Zophar. Then Job answered, Listen carefully to my words. Let this be the consolation you offer me. Bear with me and I will speak. And after I have spoken, you may mock. Is my complaint against a man? If so, why should I not be impatient? Look at me and be appalled. Put your hands over your mouths. For when I think about this, I am terrified, and my body feels a shudder. The wicked prosper. Why do the wicked go on living, grow old, even increase in power? Their children are firmly established in their presence, their offspring before their eyes. Their houses are safe and without fear, and no rod of punishment from God is upon them. Their bulls breed without fail. Their cows calve and do not miscarry. They allow their children to run like a flock. Their little ones dance about. They sing to the accompaniment of tambourine and harp and make merry to the sound of the flute. They live out their years in prosperity and go down to the grave in peace. So they say to God, turn away from us. We do not want to know your ways. Who is the Almighty that we should serve him? What would we gain if we were to pray to him? But their prosperity is not their own doing. The counsel of the wicked is far from me. How often do the wicked suffer? How often is the lamp of the wicked extinguished? How often does their misfortune come upon them? How often does God apportion pain to them in his anger? How often are they like straw before the wind and like chaff swept away by a whirlwind? You may say, God stores up a man's punishment for his children. Instead, let him repay the man himself so that he may be humbled. Let his own eyes see his destruction. Let him drink of the anger of the Almighty. For what is his interest in his home after his death, when the number of his months has been broken off? Can anyone teach God knowledge? Since he judges those that are on high, death levels everything. One man dies in his full vigor, completely secure and prosperous, his body well nourished and the marrow of his bones moist, and another man dies in bitterness of soul, never having tasted anything good. Together they lie down in the dust, and worms cover over them both. Futile words, deceptive answers. Yes, I know what you are thinking, the schemes by which you would wrong me. For you say, where now is the nobleman's house, and where are the tents in which the wicked lived? Have you never questioned those who travel the roads? Have you not recognized their accounts? That the evil man is spared from the day of his misfortune? That he is delivered from the day of God's wrath? 
No one denounces his conduct to his face. No one repays him for what he has done. And when he is carried to the tombs, and watch is kept over the funeral mound, the clods of the torrent valley are sweet to him. Behind him everybody follows his procession, and before him goes a countless throng. So how can you console me with your futile words? Nothing is left of your answers but deception. New Testament reading, Luke chapter 5, verses 12 through 16. While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came to him who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he bowed down with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. So he stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be clean. And immediately, the leprosy left him. Then he ordered the man to tell no one, but commanded him, Go and show yourself to a priest, and bring the offering for your cleansing, as Moses commanded, as a testimony to them. But the news about him spread even more, and large crowds were gathering together to hear him, and to be healed of their illnesses. Yet Jesus himself frequently withdrew to the wilderness, and prayed. Matthew chapter 8, 1 through 4. Cleansing a leper. After he came down from the mountain, large crowds followed him, and a leper approached and bowed low before him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. He stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing. Be clean. Immediately, his leprosy was cleansed. Then Jesus said to him, See that you do not speak to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and bring the offering that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Mark chapter 1, verses 40 through 45, and chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Now a leper came to him, and fell to his knees, asking for help. If you are willing, you can make me clean, he said. Moved with indignation, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be clean. The leprosy left him at once, and he was clean. Immediately, Jesus sent the man away with a very strong warning. He told him, See that you do not say anything to anyone. But go, show yourself to a priest, and bring the offering that Moses commanded for your cleansing, as a testimony to them. But as the man went out, he began to announce it publicly, and spread the story widely, so that Jesus was no longer able to enter any town openly, but stayed outside in remote places. Still they kept coming to him from everywhere. Healing and Forgiving a paralytic. Now, after some days, when he returned to Capernaum, the news spread that he was at home. So many gathered that there was no longer any room, not even by the door. And he preached the word to them. Some people came bringing to him a paralytic, carried by four of them. When they were not able to bring him in because of the crowd, 
they removed the roof above Jesus. Then, after tearing it out, they lowered the stretcher the paralytic was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the experts in the law were sitting there, turning these things over in their minds. Why does this man speak this way? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Now immediately, when Jesus realized in his spirit that they were contemplating such thoughts, he said to them, Why are you thinking such things in your hearts? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Stand up, take your stretcher, and walk? But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I tell you, stand up, take your stretcher, and go home. And immediately the man stood up, took his stretcher, and went out in front of them all. They were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. This is the word of God for the people of God. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Let us go boldly to God's throne of grace. Merciful God, we greet you this new day, anticipating a new set of mercies. We certainly need them, Lord. God, we thank you for what we have heard today through Scripture. We ask first, God, that you would forgive us for the ways in which we sometimes blame those who are suffering. We can find ourselves acting just like Job's friends, blaming people for the suffering that they experience in their life, instead of providing compassion and presence and care. Lord, forgive us. We thank you, O God, that you came to rescue not only the sinner, but the one who is also deeply suffering. And you don't separate those two things. Our sinfulness does not negate your compassion to our suffering. And so we thank you, O God, for the type of friends who would take the roof off of a house to lower us down before you so that we might experience a touch of your compassion, that we might experience your presence. And we thank you, O God, that you are indeed a miracle-working God that you take those who are dead in sins and trespasses and you give them not just new life, but eternal life in you, turning us from enemies to co-heirs with Christ. We thank you, O God, that you have demonstrated that since you can heal sin, there is indeed nothing, nothing too large or small for you to touch and or deliver us from in our lives. So we entrust ourselves to you today. And for each of us, O God, we offer up to you an area where we feel a deep sense of sorrow or suffering. And we ask, O God, that with your tender finger of mercy and healing, that you would again touch our lives anew. In Christ's name, we pray and entrust ourselves. Amen. We pray this time of getting the word with Truth Table has encouraged us all to not only be hearers of God's word, but doers. Share your reflections on these scriptures with us on Twitter and Instagram using the hashtag GetInTheWord and hashtag TruthsTable. Saints, 
Whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Go with God. Get in the Word with Truth's Table is a production of InterVarsity Press. For 75 years, IVP has created and published resources that deepen lives for Christ to engage the university, church, and the world. Visit ivpress.com for more information. Our Bible reading plan is from biblestudytogether.com, and the Bible version is the new English translation used by permission. Sound engineering is from Pottery Studios, and our executive producer is Helen Lee.